Hello everybody, I'm Matt Nicoletti and I'm joined today by my co-host Michael Georgeski. We are of M&M Podcasts and we are presenting to you the Canberra Football Show. We also have Russ Gibbs on the show today, but first, Michael, how's it going today? Good, thanks Matt. Um, obviously, very excited at this uh, opportunity that we have uh, in front of us to talk about you know, a game that I think we're all very uh, passionate about here in, here in Canberra, so I, I, I can't wait uh, to get started. In de- definitely, indeed, very, very exciting times, and of course, we are very happy and stoked to bring on the Canberra football expert, Russ Gibbs. How's it going today, Russ? Pretty good, thanks. A bit of pressure there. Canberra <laughs> football expert. I'm very happy to be here. It's good to see you guys uh, getting this off the ground, and hopefully, this is a long-running thing, and uh, good for grassroots football in Canberra. Thank you very much. All right, so let's get started, Michael. Let's. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, what we're here for and what we plan on doing with this podcast? Oh, with the podcast. Uh, sorry, mate. You kind of startled me there. Um, I think what we hope to achieve uh, with the podcast, I think, uh, from a more sort of ground up standpoint, I think just sort of getting another another couple of voices uh, talking about talking about the game. Um, you know, giving giving people around the Canberra region, you know, uh, people people to listen to uh, that that are passionate about uh, local uh, Canberra football because you know there's there's not too much of it uh, going around on uh, on on platforms like this. So I think it really gives us a good opportunity to get something started that can potentially be very big here. And so far, everyone's been on board. Most of the coaches that we've talked to, mostly just NPL teams at the moment, we're going to expand. We're obviously going to be talking about NPL 1, NPL 2, and uh, and the women's NPL as well. And who knows if there's any other stories throughout the year that uh, that is of big interest, we'll definitely bring them in, even definitely. if they're not those three, if they're under 23s or 18s or whatever the case might be. Who knows what sort of thing there might be in the future. And of course, today... As per uh, request of the owners, we are at Sepeto Collective Cafe in Jarabombra. You can find us, uh, find everyone anywhere online, Facebook, Instagram. They serve some of the best te- pizzas in town. Nice All right. plug there. Now, now that we've got the plug out of the way, <laughs> Russ. Um, first and foremost, obviously, we'll start with our MPL one review today, and then we'll have other shows on the other leagues. Russ. Uh, do you want to just talk a little bit about yourself and how long you've been involved uh, covering MPL One, and then you can go into um, what you are expecting of this year in a broad sense? Sure. I mean, I've been covering MPL One now since um, I came to Canberra really in uh, 2003. Played a bit for Tuggeranong United in the division, um, and then when I joined Capital Football, it was my job and did some commentary on those games um, as part of my job. And since I left Capital Football, been kicking on with especially with Bar TV now and doing the live commentary on all the MPL One and uh, some MPL2 matches, which we're hoping to get more of this season as well, and obviously the WMPL, which I'm sure you'll cover at a later date. And I guess, how have you sort of seen the game in Canberra uh, develop over the last uh, few years? Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, athletically-wise, it's got a lot faster, and the players now are more athletic than they were, especially when I played. I was never particularly athletic anyway, if anybody's seen me play. Um, But it has got faster, it's got quicker, and the players have got actually younger as well. It seems to be a younger dynamic that are playing. Uh, in terms of coverage of it, we've done our best to try and push that. Um, I understand back in the day the crowds were massive. Obviously, 
leisure opportunities back then were very limited so people used to go to the games all the time and that's what we're hoping these kind of shows and new voices like yourselves can bring to the party that more people will come out and watch MPL 1 and MPL 2 and as I'm sure we'll allude to later on with promotion and relegation this year it's going to be really exciting. And that's something that we're uh, definitely going to touch on uh, later on in the show. Without a doubt. Now let's start with the previews. Let's start, uh, we'll go in alphabetical order. So we'll start with Belconnen United. Obviously they've got a new coach in Paul Macor. Michael, do you want to introduce this? Yeah, uh, obviously Paul Macor uh, is starting a new uh, tenure, his new tenure at uh, Belconnen United after taking a year year off uh, from coaching. And obviously the last time he was at a coaching helm at uh, Canberra, Croatia, he obviously won the treble. Um, but now he, he's coming into a, a new sort of system, a new environment uh, over at uh, Belconnen. He's added a, a few key additions, in my opinion, with uh, Kofi Danning and Jordan Thurtell, who are players that he's uh, pretty fam- familiar with and vice versa, because they were a part of the uh, treble winning team. And uh, I think, uh, obviously, a, a big aim for Paul is uh, to uh, claim the uh, Fed Cup uh, this season. Uh, Russ... Sort of what are your thoughts on Belcon and United seeing that this is sort of a, a new leaf in their book with, with Paul at the helm? Paul, one of five new coaches out of eight in the league this season, which obviously brings a new dynamic to the whole league. We're not just talking players coming and going. We've got five coaches at different clubs now that, that want to bring their own style to that. Belcon and United, some big holes in that team. Cameron Reinhardt retiring at fullback and Finn Jurak, the goalkeeper, uh, go heading over to America. But as you said there, they've they filled those holes pretty well. Jordan Thurtell's come in from Gungarland, big signing there. And Darren Bailey from Tigers FC, the left back, he's going to slot in nicely into that back four. And he brings that raw aggression as well that we've seen. Um, they're a good side. You mentioned that they wanted to win the FFA Cup this year. They've been handed possibly one of the hardest tasks possible in the opening round That's in right. round four. They'll play Canberra, Croatia they'll definitely want to win the FFA Cup as well. So that game uh, for early in the season is going to be absolutely huge for both those clubs and could go a long way to, to seeing how they both end up in the campaign. And do you also think that they have uh, sort of a point to prove after they just finished outside the top four last season? Yeah, they missed out on goal difference. So at one stage they thought it looked like they were going to go through. It was only a, a terrific end of the season by Canberra FC as they were then that stopped them going through. So they're not too far away. And the addition of Kofi Danning, um, will add more goals to their to their uh, roster. They've got a really young team though, and there's some really good young talent coming out of there. Jake Garner played at centre back there last year, was outstanding. Um, if they can get those youngsters to knit with the experienced players that they've got, like Dustin Wells, will have a big part to play again. They'll go really close. Yeah, McCall. When I had a chat to him, he was definitely uh, um, talking a lot about the youth, and he said uh, there's a lot of players that have been that would usually be in the 23s, but they've been training a lot with first grade this season. So um, throughout the season, I'm sure we'll be uh, pre, uh, you know, promoting quite a few of the young players that they're bringing up because it really seems like they've got quite a good system going there. And it also helps because Belco have always been one of the biggest clubs. They have three feeder clubs between Bell West, Bell South, Bell North. Obviously, it's one of the biggest suburbs in Canberra. So, and there's a lot of families there. So they've got a real, um, real good market for that, for that youth up there. Yeah, and Steve Forshaw brought, brought along a fair few of those youngsters last year and gave them first-grade debuts, and they didn't let him down then, and I don't think they'll let them down again this season. Indeed, and like I said, from when I talked to Paul, he said uh, the main aim for the season is to win the Fed Cup because obviously out of all the uh, clubs we've talked about, Belco is one of the uh, recent champions uh, from Canberra that haven't made the, uh, the FFA Cup round of 32, so that'll definitely be their main priority. But like, 
Russ, you were telling me before the show, I think that'll be a lot of uh, teams' main priorities is to get that exposure in the FA Cup. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking about it off-air, and I think it's no secret in Canberra now that the uh, winning the league championship, as it's called, and you, you get to play in the NPL final series. If you win the FFA Cup, you get to play on the national stage in the, uh, in the round of 32, of course, and the grand final now is almost an afterthought for a lot of these clubs. It, you, it's a nice to win it. It's nice to win the trophy, but being on that national stage is what it's all about. And as you said, um, Canberra, Croatia have been there. Olympic have been there. Gangarland have been there. Tigers have been there. Tuggerong have been there. Belkonen happened, and that's a big name missing, and they want to rectify that this year. It certainly is. And he also said, of course, top four is also one of their ambitions this season. So let's move on to the newly named Canberra, Croatia. Uh, I guess the main... Uh, thing with them is they made the top four last season you mentioned just before uh, a great uh, finish to the season for them but they started very very poorly Michael what do you think they uh, have a point to prove especially considering how poorly they started the season yeah most most definitely they they have a point to prove and you know that that's a big club in Canberra with a with a point to prove too uh, obviously we have touched on the fact that they didn't have a great start uh, to last season but a few tweaks in uh, formation and player personnel, they really turned things around and actually managed to sneak into the to the top four last season d- despite everything. So, I mean, they've definitely got a point to prove. They've added, obviously, a, a, a couple of really key additions, one being uh, Nick Boblis uh, from Canberra Olympic, which I think is a big signing for them at the back, and uh, Nico Kalfas uh, from, from Monero, so a bit of creative sort of flair in the, in the wide areas. Uh, obviously, uh, that, that goes without saying that they have lost uh, a, a few players uh, and Graham obviously the former club captains off to uh, the O'Connor Knights in the, in the MPL 2 and Lucas uh, youngster Lucas uh, Mirages who everyone saw last season was a real young talent here in Canberra he's off to the uh, Newcastle Jets uh, youth league side and uh, Tom Blisovic, uh off to the midfielder off to uh, Gungarlan so I think uh, whilst they've lost a few players they've, they've added uh, in good er- good areas, and I, I do expect uh, them to really fight back this year and make up uh, by having a good start for this current campaign as opposed to the last one. What are your thoughts on Canberra? Uh, sorry, Canberra Croatia this season. Almost said Canberra. Almost. We're going to get used to calling them Canberra Croatia again, as they were many many years ago. I, I like Belcon and a change in the coaching ranks. Dinja Grinich on board, one of the most cerebral coaches in Canberra. He'll bring a whole new dynamic to that team. As you mentioned, I think their main signing out of that lot is probably Nick Bobolis. They started the season quite poorly in defence last year, which was unusual for Canberra FC as they were. They conceded a lot of goals in the opening rounds, which um, with Matt Gerbisher back there as well and Daniel Subasic was unusual. Um, Adding Nick Bobolis to that mix makes a big difference to them. Nikos Kalfas, as you said, flair player, um, can turn it on. Sometimes goes missing in games. They want a bit more out of him. He was there before. Didn't quite live up to his potential that he's got, but had a great season at Monero last year, and I think he'll come back strongly. And they've picked in as well a couple of youngsters as well. Um, Nico Uida from Canberra United's come in, and uh, Michael Pocci back as well. So that'll be interesting for them to see how they go. With Canberra, Croatia, though, there is no grey area. It's, it's either they win or they lose, and their board is notoriously fickle in that respect they want to win they want to win all the time and uh, they weren't happy last season with coming fourth um, they did push on a little bit in in finals but you know when it came to the crunch they got spanked by Gungarland United again the defensive deficiencies were there I don't think they'll be as bad defensively this year and I think they'll be up there or thereabouts and under Dean Ugrinich they're going to be a force well, um, considering uh, their captain just left Ian Graham how, how much of a loss is that considering that's more than just a player that's leadership 
Yeah, Ian's been around for a long time at Canberra FC, and he's been one of their one of their main main stalwarts. He's headed off to the O'Connor Knights, and that's a talk for another day. I think the MPL two that's going to be a great competition, and the Knights Most definitely recruiting very well, trying to push for MPL one this year. He's a big loss, um, not just as you said from from his footballing ability, but from his leadership ability. That they'll don't think they'll struggle to replace him in terms of of the football style, but as you said, what he brings to the party in terms of his experience, in terms of of, of knowing how to lead that club will be difficult to replace. Indeed, and uh, when I had a chat to Tony Vidovic, he was uh, obviously very hopeful for the start of the season, but one thing he also wanted to wanted me to talk about was uh, their youth systems as well. They're, this this season, they're planning on uh, bringing through a lot of youth. Like, you know, in, in the past, you would look at uh, Canberra FC, and they probably have more than two or three, you know, big names they bring in. So they're really trying to focus on, really trying to focus on the youth, and they're really trying to because uh, at, at the end of the day, just like I said about Belco, Canberra FC also have one of the biggest youth systems, especially within Canberra. We've seen that in pre-season as well, Matt. They've played a lot of youth players in their games so far in the four matches that they've played. They've not had their full squad available in most of the games and a lot of the young boys have had a chance and some of them have stood up and I think there's a question for Dean to uh, make before his round one fixture. And I also think it's also big, it's, it'll also be massive for Dean because he hasn't... I, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he's coached full-time in terms of the NPL since he won the title with Belcon and United. He had a season off last year, yeah. He did, yeah. Um, he was... Uh, it, uh, that, that season especially, that was a very, very competitive year, I remember, in 2017 between Belco and COEs last year, and Canberra FC did well, and Talgaron were pushing. So, and, and at the end of the day, despite all the quality around, his, his, team, were the ones that, his team was the one that pushed right on top and uh, won it. So he, he'll definitely come out with a point to prove himself. Yeah, I think um, Canberra see back then we had Thomas James in their ranks and of course he's now at Wollongong Wolves and doing exactly what he did down here which is banging a lot of goals and they missed that, they missed that focal point they turned to him a lot that season when they needed a, a spark and you saw that in the grand final when he scored twice to win it against Canberra Olympic yeah. it wasn't there last year but they've got enough quality in the players that they've got there Daniel Balac, Daniel Colbertaldo, Ryan Keir, uh, Jason Ugrinich to name just four that there's, there's plenty of quality, plenty of firepower yeah, as you mentioned, you know Thomas James is a, I think a player that, when I think of him, he's a he's a player that really, uh, you know, grabbed games by the scruff of the neck, and let's see if you know Canberra FC can find those personalities uh, for the upcoming season. And their aims for this season was to obviously, like we discussed, uh, improve on and have a good have a good start to the season, finish top four, and they're hoping to push for the title this season. Okay, now we are on to Canberra Olympic. Obviously, the big big story is Frank Keisha no longer the coach at Olympic he's been there for a very long time arguably he's been one of the most successful coaches in Canberra Olympic history not just probably Canberra Olympic history but probably Canberra football history he was he, he, he between the uh, fairy tale run to the semi-final of the FFA Cup and with the amount of uh, MPL titles and minor premierships uh, that they won he's definitely Definitely, it'll be big, big shoes for former player Robbie Katnak to fill. He is the new coach this season. Russ, would you like to expand a bit upon a Canberra Olympic this season? What do you expect from them? Yeah, well, Frank obviously won everything there was to win uh, for Canberra Olympic, and there was a bit of an institution there for a while, stepping aside um, to let Robbie Katnak come in. Robbie obviously knows exactly how they play. He'll bring his own style to it as well. Um, they were really unlucky not to win the whole lot again last year. They won the league itself by five points. Um, they went into that final day game against Kuma Tigers, uh, needing to win, and they won well and comfortably. Um, unfortunate in the semi-final to lose to, to Tigers 1-0 um, at the AIS there, and 
the, the preliminary final against Gungahlin could well have been the grand final, the way that the two teams went toe-to-toe and just, you know, for a post here and a half a chance there, it could have been Canberra Olympic that were in the grand final and not Gungahlin and they weren't far away and then they're not going to be too far away again this year. They've, they've recruited well, which I'm sure Michael will talk about in just a second. Uh, have lost a couple of key players as well, but there's a lot of good young talent coming through and I'm really looking forward to seeing someone like Seb Woods kick on this year. He was, he was excellent last year and we want to see a bit more of him in first grade football. Most definitely. And, you know, talking on those uh, additions uh, to, the, to the Olympic team, you've got, you know, uh, Asosa Ihegi, thank you, uh, who's obviously come over from Tuggeranong United. And whilst that's a loss for Tuggeranong, that's a massive gain uh, for, for Canberra Olympic. Uh, and they've obviously picked up another uh, Tuggeranong player in Daniel uh, Linstead. Um, so th- I think those two players are, are good additions, but... One thing that uh, stru- struck out to me was a player that they actually ended up keeping at the club, which was Andre uh, Jansevski, who obviously had a fantastic season in the middle uh, for them uh, last season. Um, I think to keep a player of his quality in the middle is um, going to boast really well for Katnach and, and his team. Well, he was their player of the year last year, and, and he'd already made the decision to go to the Panthers at that stage, I think. He flirted with them for a while, and I believe he'd already signed the documents as well, but changed his mind but for whatever reason and back in the middle for Olympic and you mentioned that they've lost uh, they've signed a Heggie and Linstead um, all these ob- obviously all these signings come with a caveat that there's still a month to go before the season starts and anything can happen in Canberra football uh, but they, they replaced Nick Bobolis and um, Kofi Danning pretty much like for like but they've also lost Nathan Medjik which is a, a big loss to them uh, in terms of he was a beating heart of the team at some stages last year uh, but there's a lot of young quality as I mentioned coming through that team um, and they'll be one of the favourites, along with uh, Gangalin United, I believe. It depends on how much pressure there is on Robbie Katnach or how much he puts on himself. Um, he's a good young coach. Uh, we know what he brings to the table in terms of football, his footballing ability, one of the best players to come out of Canberra in a long, long time. And Canberra Olympic know how to win football matches, and I'm sure that will happen again this year. And I guess just to quickly finish up on, on, on Olympic and, and Katnach in particular, you kind of briefly touched on it that you know, he's, he's very uh, familiar with the system at Olympic. He's been around for a long time. So it's, a, in a way, a bit of an easier transition for him to come into the coaching role. How much does that sort of help a, a coach? I think it helps him a lot in, in some respects because he does know the club. He does know the players. He does know the system. Then there's the other side of the coin where he's come as a player with a peer group to become a coach of that peer group. And all of a sudden, it's a little bit different for him. I'm sure Robbie's got his own ways and means of playing. He's not going to be copying exactly what Frank did. Um, and Robbie will have his own ideas. And we've seen it in pre-season so far. They've uh, had some interesting matches. They drew with Albion Park, White Eagles, and uh, beat Wollongong Olympic 3-2. Went down 2-3 on the weekend to Stanmore Hawks, but were 2-1 up with five minutes to go. And just um, lost it in the last five minutes there. But there's some... Big players in that team. I'm looking forward to seeing Janczewski again. As you mentioned, Daniel Sparrow had a great year last year when he came across from Belconnen. Um, having him from the start is going to make a big difference to him as well. But really excited to see what Robbie brings. Uh, a lot of pressure on him, as I said, having won the league last year, but I think he's big enough to handle it. Definitely. And obviously moving on now to uh, Gungahlin United. Uh, we could say one of the front runners uh, th- this season, most definitely. Obviously the grand final uh, winners last year. Matt, uh, can you provide us a little insight into Gungahlin United and what uh, holds for them this upcoming year? 
considering they were the grand finalists and the winners as well, a lot of people, they've got a very, very big and strong squad this season. A lot of people will consider them the heavy favourites. They've got a massive squad of 23 players at the moment, and as we all know, only 16 can make the team sheet. Now, obviously, it would depend on how old most of these players are, but I'm sure Russ will touch upon it a bit. But uh, you can, I'm sure you can put a few in the um, under-23s, but the overage, you can only have three. So if the ones he decides to keep off aren't, you know, over the age, and if there's, like, more than three that he leaves and they're overage, they're not going to play. So it'll be interesting to see how he sort of um, balances all these, um, you know, big personalities. And at the end of the day, anyone's got a personality when you don't, you know, play. Obviously, everyone wants to play, you know. They come here, they want to play football, they want to play the game they love. So it's going to be very interesting. And when we talked to Martial, uh, when you and I talked to Martial, Michael, he touched upon that's going to be his biggest challenge this season to see how he balances this squad and this massive group of players. Um, Russ, would you like to talk about how you see Gungahlin being this season? Obviously, they've uh, recruited very heavily. Golovsky, Milosevic, oh, look, and so without, on. without doubt on paper, the strongest team in Canberra uh, by a mile and also probably the strongest team Canberra's seen for a long time. I popped out to their friendly against uh, Radomir Lyons the other week and their bench had six or seven players on it that would walk into most first-grade sides in Canberra. Um, as you mentioned, they've signed um, Josh Golevsky, scored uh, double-figure goals for Monero Panthers last year. Great addition to them. Michael Adams, who created a, a stack for Woden Westerns, come in. Felipe Bernabo Madrid. Um, people remember him from Canberra Olympic getting to the semi-finals of the FFA Cup. Adds another dimension to their attack. It's just a stack side all round, and uh, they look really good. They finished the season fantastically well last season. They... they they won 5-2, as I mentioned earlier, against Canberra FC in their semi-final. Then they, they saw off Canberra Olympic 2-1. Might have been a bit lucky to do so, but when they got to the final, they turned it on and they hammered Tigers 5-0, and it could have been more. And they are looking really strong. They started the season well. They won 4-1 on the weekend against Tigers in a friendly um, to lay down another marker. Uh, the goal scorers there, incidentally, Tom McLaughlin, Riley Angelo Santi with a couple who had a good season last year, and Gabriel Ayul. Um, three players who, who might not figure in the starting eleven, and that just goes to show the strength that Marcel's got. Now, I wouldn't um, care to predict who he's going to pick in his starting team. Those players might play. Um, he knows them better than we do, but it's such a big, big squad and such a strong squad, and they're exciting, they're fast, and they're going to be good to watch. And I guess, how does... I mean, we touched on it uh, at, the, at the start when we were just talking about uh, Gungahlin. How do you think... Marcel will sort of manage all these personalities and, and quality that, that, he's, that he's on his team because he's obviously got a, a fair um, headache uh, in terms of the selection process uh, every week by the looks of it. Nice headache to have though, I mm. guess, if you're an NPL coach in Canberra. Now, Marcel's got loads of qualities as an NPL coach, we know this. Uh, one of them is his ability to manage players um, and he will manage that group. Uh, he, he's good at, at, at talking to players he's good at communicating to players what he wants and he'll be communicating to the players that aren't in for whatever reason they're not in I spoke to uh, Michael John in pre-season he was injured um, at the time and he couldn't play but he's thriving on the fact that there's more challenge for his spot this year and that can only be a good thing for Gungalin and they'll have their sights set on a lot of prizes this year uh, but I really think that Marcel would love to test himself in the FFA Cup and they'll be desperate to win the FFA Cup qualifying and get into that round of 32 again that will be a massive theme, and as 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 we know from Marcel uh, for Marcel's teams, there he likes to play a very attack-based football. He discussed to us his um, philosophy for the club. He wants all all the uh, even the junior teams all the way up to first grade to play nice attacking possession-based possession -based football, 
and he wants to see that he wants the he wants the game to be entertaining and that's uh, something he really stressed and he wanted us to you know to you know sort of link with uh, Gungalan and he said obviously the first grade team needs to be the needs to be the model for that for the rest of the club from 23s 18s 16s down yeah and they do play that kind of football they're very exciting going forward i mean at, at times last season it did cost them i remember a game we did at the AIS where they were absolutely swamped by by Canberra Olympic they lost 7-2 and that was a week after beating Canberra FC the co- most convincing performance i've seen against Canberra FC in numerous years over the 5-0 victory and so they've got Great going forward. There's question marks over the back. Jack Green hobbled off in the pre-season game I saw. Hopefully he's not too badly injured because he is a beating heart of that team. Uh, probably, I would suggest, the best player in Canberra. And his uh, uh, aim for the... Marcel's aim for the season was to at least win the minor premiership. That's their main goal, minor premiership. And he also discussed uh, making it to the FFA Cup like most coaches will. Now, on to Monaro. Last season, uh, everyone knows that they started pre-season quite early. And when I talked to Jimmy uh, Canarides, he discussed uh, the topic by saying it wasn't a matter of fitness why they started early. It was a matter of team bonding and to get the team uh, going. This season, they've started at a normal time. So that probably uh, played into their fantastic early season form. Uh, what do you expect from Monaro this season, Ross? Yeah, yeah, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head. Jimmy had a whole new group of players. He wanted to to see how they bonded last year, and he started off very early. I think it hurt them a little bit, to be honest. Um, coming to the second half of the season, when they run out a little bit of steam, um, it, they're amateur players. It's difficult to get them to play uh, for that much for that length of time to the same standard. But Jimmy's got a plan. Uh, he knows what his plan is. His, his recruitment's been pretty good. Um, some names that we're not too familiar with. A couple of Americans come in. Ryan Bros, the goalkeeper. Lukman Ahmed Shaibu, um, who I understand is a forward. And he's uh, gone locally with Kunia Kalga from a USC. So, and a couple of others which, um, which Michael can touch on in a moment. Most intriguingly, perhaps Alex Olorigby. Um, again, with the caveat if he's still around when, with Monero when the season starts. Because we just don't know what these players are going to do. Seventh place last year, 20 points. They're better than that. I think they could be better than that. Um, can they push for the four? Depends how they start. No, I think a lot will sort of depend on uh, Ola Rigby, I think. Um, you know, obviously he's got a, uh, a rich background in, in MPL uh, football, obviously during his various spells over, over a number of clubs, more famously uh, uh, Canberra, Croatia. And um, I think whilst... Uh, you know, it's going to be a working process through all areas of the field. I think one uh, aspect Jimmy uh, touched on um, was that, that there is more of a focus on on youth now uh, compared to the past, and I think that really buys into the culture that has been instilled by um, the Monero technical director, Adam Furch. And I think, you know, Jimmy was saying that last, uh, last season they had an average age for their backline of 18... Years, years of age, which oh. is absolutely astonishing. No, that, that was, uh, sorry, just to correct you, um, I get, must have given you the wrong information. That was uh, 18 years of age, uh, average age back line for their friendly, the most recently. Oh, really? And then I think their, he said something like the average age of the squad was 22 or 23, it, it 24 at most. Older than that and they went, on to, they went on to win that game as well, so that just... Yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't have been much older than, la- than that last year. They beat Tigers 2-0 on the, on, in their last friendly year. Um, I think they've got some good players. Whether they can replicate the goals of Josh Goleski and Nikos Kalfas is, is the big question for me. 
they might well do. Their first round fixture is at home against Canberra, Croatia at Riverside. We're covering that live on Bar TV Sports. That's going to be a cracking way to start the season. And Monero played quite well against Canberra, Croatia last season. And they'll need to do so again. But as I said, Jimmy's got faith in his youth players there. And I think there's some good quality youngsters in that team. Uh, it's going to be hard for them. It's, and especially with the sides in and around them and, and the relegation issue that's going to be looming over the head of some of these squads. Um, will Panthers be involved in that? Well, as I said, it depends on how they start. And with three rounds of fixtures this year, you're going to want to get points on the board and points on the board early. Definitely. And obviously moving on now to uh, Tigers FC. I mean, another coaching change. That's been a, a, a common theme when talking about the teams, hasn't it? Um, you know, obviously uh, Ryan Grogan uh, coming in to fill in some big shoes left by a particular someone, Matt. Indeed. <laughs> Ryan Grogan is uh, replacing Gabby Wilk, as we all know. A lot of people used to, you know, you know call him the uh, King of Kuma, or he would say that as well, I'm sure. Uh, he was there for 15 years, so he was very successful there. He'd won every main title he could win there, and obviously they also made the FFA Cup last year. Now, with Grogan, it's interesting because he is coming from the Canberra United Academy in the women's NPL for the last two seasons, I believe. He did coach uh, a lot of the youth team sectors, including the uh, the youth league uh, not too long ago with his assistant coach, uh, Marcel Munoz. So it'll be very big, big... Uh, shoes for him to fill considering what he is um, taking over uh, but they have recruited strongly between Magic and Sam Whittier how do you see them going this season Ross? Uh, look Tigers are always strong going forward they always have been uh, defensively sometimes they're a bit shaky uh, it was a bit of a surprise to see Gabby step aside I didn't get any inkling that that was going to happen throughout the season and you know massive massive shoes to fill not just uh, from a from a football um, point of view but personality wise as well one of the uh, I guess most beloved coaches in Canberra he was always ready for a for a, a quote or two wore his heart on his sleeve as a coach and you knew you were never going to have a boring afternoon when Gabby was on the touchline Ryan's got a big job ahead of him. He's brought in a couple of new Argentinians, Mariano Canavesio and Augusto Colonieri, have come into the team. They, they bring two new Argentinians in each year. They've lost Jose Di Felipe and now Aguero um, have gone back, back overseas. Their biggest locks, perhaps, though, is Darren Bailey, as I mentioned, gone to Tigers. He's looked to replace him with Luke Dark from Woden Weston, a younger fullback, and uh, it'll be a big season for that youngster as well to try and come in and into that Tigers side. Second in the table last year fought their way through to the grand final and I think to be fair to Gabby and his team they were on their last legs by then they had players suspended uh, Mark Shields was out um, having been sent off against Olympic uh, for two yellow cards Darren Bailey was was out as well they had players injured they were really struggling for numbers and and the final score probably didn't do them justice they're Tigers they're always there or thereabouts they're going to be pushing for the four and they're going to be entertaining to watch and one thing you can always guarantee with the Tigers is goals at both ends Right, and sorry, how, how do you suspect Ryan will, will go in sort of filling uh, uh, Gabby Wilkes' shoes? Because obviously, like we've obviously touched on, it, it's, he was in charge for a very, very long time, and I guess it can kind of be hard when you've got that shadow loom, looming over you in, in a way. I think the key for Ryan Grogan is not to try to fill Gabby Wilkes' shoes, and I don't think he will. He's his own man, and he'll bring his own style and his own formation to that team. And as you said, as you mentioned, uh, coming through the Cambrian United Academy, uh, does like the 4-3-3. Um, Tigers generally haven't played that over the course of the last two years or so, so it'd be interesting to see whether he's brought the right players in to make that. Um, really interested to see how Sam Withier goes through him this year. From uh, He was on the fringes of Burko a little bit last year, and he'll be wanting to start 
um, this season. Big big for them was keeping Michael Keeter. At one stage, he was going to sign for Canberra Olympic, but he's back now. Perhaps one of the most talented footballers in Canberra. And we didn't see an awful lot of him last season because he was on the bench a lot. I'd like to see a bit more of him, but as I said, I think it's going to be a big first season for Ryan. Um, hopefully the Tigers board will be behind him down there and he can show us what he's got. Okay, and moving on to Tuggeranong United. It'll be interesting to see how they go this season. They've still got coach Mitch Stevens. Uh, they've added a few new players with the likes of Daniel Felizzi and a few others. Um, Michael, how do you see them uh, going this season, considering um, they didn't make the finals last season? They made the finals the season before, if, if I'm correct there. How do, you, how do you see them going this season? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I, it's, it's, it's good that uh, making finals football and being involved in finals football isn't such a distant memory for Tuggeranong. I mean, before 2018, when they made the top four, it had been over a decade since they'd even been in that area, so... I think it's still fresh on their minds. Obviously, uh, Mitch Stevens has, you know, got his 23s and uh, first grade squads uh, training training together, and they're being looked at as sort of, you know, one team. And uh, they train two nights out of the th- out of the three that they do uh, a week. The problem problem with them last season was probably not having that you know that one outstanding player, um, due to a multitude of things. But I think one of the main uh, one of their main focuses uh, this year is sort of how can they work on on a, on a more collective uh, side of things to f- to find the back in the back of the net. Um, what do, what do you expect uh, from from Tuggeranong uh, this year, Ross? Do you... I think your last I think your last uh, quote summed it up pretty well. In a, in a nutshell, they need more goals and they need to find them from somewhere. And Mitch won't mind me saying this. Um, I know Mitch a long time. He's shopping at a different supermarket to most of the other clubs. His budget isn't as big as some of the other clubs. For them to get to finals two seasons ago was a big achievement. Missed out last year um, with 21 points. Weren't far off, five points away from it. Going into the last couple of rounds of the season, they were still in touch. So they'll be keen that they don't get dragged into anything at the bottom half of the table. Um, to do that, he's made a couple of interesting signings. He's brought in Brandon Cashmore from Adfa and uh, promoted young Harry Truman from an under-18 Division 1s at Tuggerong, I think, what may have been. And he's, he's responded with a couple of goals in recent weeks in wins over ANU and Western Malongolo for a young lad. That's a good way to start. Uh, he's pacey, gets in behind. Whether or not he starts the season is, is, is tricky. I mean, it's difficult to put a young kid in and ask him to play, make that leap from under-18 Div 1 to MPL 1. It is a big, big leap. But they've got faith in him. He's got faith in, in a lot of youngsters at Tuggerong. Their under-16s team was really dominant last year. And there's some players from that age group now that are turning 17 and will be pushing for first-grade spots. It's going to be a difficult season for Tuggerong. Uh, Ewan Peterkin's an interesting signing. We saw him at ANU last year, and he performed very well in their FFA Cup run to the semi-finals. He's a languid kind of player. He's leggy. He gets around the park and gets his feet in the way and makes those interceptions playing in the number six role. And he could be key for them. Uh, but as with Tuggerong all the time, their team spirit is great. Um, pro- possibly the best team spirit in Canberra. They're hard to beat at home. Um, getting some results away is going to be the key for them. And that starts with, as I started this, more goals. Yeah, they've definitely made uh, Greenway a, a, a fortress uh, and, a, and a difficult place for teams to come and get, get a result. Well, yeah, when we talked to Mitch Stevens, he stressed the, uh, you mentioned he's uh, shopping with a smaller budget than most, and he mentioned the big need for the collective spirit, the collective necessity to replace 
the lack of the massive star player with the team collective to score a lot more goals. And he also stressed that um, his 23rds and his first grades all train together. There's, uh, he sees them all as first grade players. He doesn't see them. He doesn't see specific players as this. So, uh, like you said, I guess all the all these sort of things sort of come into the idea of the team spirit uh, that Tuggeron have. And, and they've had that for many, many years, and they've lived on that for many years. Even when I was playing with them a long time ago, now it's always difficult made it hard for teams to come to Tuggerong and, and play because whilst technically maybe not the most gifted players, it was all that heart and soul. And you ask any of those other teams in the league and they do not like playing Tuggerong United because they know they're going to be in a battle for 90 minutes. Indeed. And we're moving on to Woden Weston, the last of our preview clubs due to alphabetical order. And Michael, you had a chat with the coach Yusilis. Would you uh, talk about uh, how you think they're going to go this season? Oh, well, I mean... Obviously, they haven't been noisy in terms of uh, tr- transfers uh, uh, this preseason. Um, but I did have a chat with uh, Ulysses, and he's actually he took his squad. Uh, they spent three weekends uh, in Wollongong uh, playing playing games over there, which I think will help uh, his team get a bit more of uh, sorry a, a bit more experience uh, but before the start of the season. Um, you know, just having a chat to him, he just was glowing about how it was such a great experience for his players even though they didn't get the they didn't pick up a win uh over in, in Wollongong but he said that he took a lot more out of that um you know he he has a hist- he had a past history obviously at uh Belconnen United as a technical director for five or six years before taking this job so it's a it's a clean slate uh for Woden a, a new coach um so I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how they're going and they've obviously uh recruited uh, another uh, American player that's kind of coming up a, a fair bit uh, in this podcast today. A, another American signing. I believe they have, yeah. I mean, I th- if, it's, if it's the Martin Mitreski that has come via Launceston City, um, another player that, that's going to, I don't know an awful lot about, but they have high hopes for him and in, in World of Western's colours this season. Udy's the best dressed coach in Canberra. We saw him last season looking very dapper on the sidelines and you know, he's got a lot of style in his football as well. It's going to be hard for Woden Western, I mean, just because of their names on paper. And it's all very hard to say where they're going to finish. And people's current perception is they might be the one, one of the ones struggling at the bottom half of the table alongside maybe a Manera, Tugrong, whoever. Um, really hard for us to say at this stage of the season, of course. A good lot of group of good young players there. Joe Lawless, outstanding footballer last season for them. Hopefully he can kick on. Interesting for me, Zidane Mutlu from Canberra Olympics come in. Um, a young player with, with plenty of skill, plenty of ability, and um, didn't get too many games last year in Olympic from the start. We'll probably hopefully get on the uh, in the starting eleven for Woden Weston and be able to show us what he can do. Like Tuggerong, though, they need to find some goals from somewhere. Um, they, they got 12 points last year, which put them a fair old way behind the pack. Um, a good eight points behind Monero Panthers. Obviously, Rhinos with one point at the bottom are now gone, and now Ugali and MPL2. It's a lot of points to make up. For Yuli, a lot of points. Um, can he do it? Yes, we probably can. It's going to be hard for him, but let's see how those young players do do adapt to Premier League. And interesting to see who they bring in in goal. Willem Lejeune, having left for Magpies Crusaders, is a big loss to them. Uh, it's going to be interesting again, like some like Monero Panthers. They're going to have to start the season well and get the points on the board early. Well, I mean, the, he still Yulsa still has a month, or just under a month now before the season starts, and I know that's not. Obviously, a lot of time, but it still is time to, to bring in uh, a, a goalkeeper between the posts. 
It'll be interesting to see how all these teams go this season. Uh, let's quickly talk about the the big elephant in the room, which is relegation, which obviously was a thing last season. However, I'm suspecting, considering how Griffith uh, had to pull out anyway, if someone else finished last, no, no one probably would have went down in that case. So um, it's probably more of an elephant in the room this season than ever, especially since there will be a team coming up from MPL 2. Uh, how do you see this whole promotion relegation thing working out? Uh, logistically, uh, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how that works out with, with the teams that do come down and go up in terms of what they've got in, in youth teams, etc., etc. From a purely football point of view, fantastic. It couldn't be better for us as, as supporters of the game and for us following the matches on Bar TV. There's going to be interest at both ends of the table to the end of the season. There's nothing worse than getting into the last three or four rounds as a football club and have nothing to play for. Now you're going to have to look at it. Every single game is going to be worth points to you. You could be going into those final rounds of the season needing wins. Um, a, a relegation from this league, while it wouldn't be catastrophic, it would be really difficult for a lot of those clubs to hold on to their players, a lot of those clubs to, to, you know, to recruit well for the following season. And there's a clutch of clubs that are eager to get up to MPL 1, and that's going to make MPL 2 even more interesting as well. As to who's going down, couldn't say at this stage. Obviously, way too early. Um, lots of things to happen between now and then, but I think we're going to have a really exciting season and there's going to be a real dogfight. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a, obviously it's a great in incentive um, having promotion relegation uh, again and you know I, I think it kind of just adds that different structure to what we've been used to for quite a while now in Canberra and you know I, th I think one of the big things that stood out for me once I first uh, learnt of this news was you know it's going to uh, completely cut out team's ability to, to really coast uh, during the season or towards the latter part of the year especially those bottom teams who in the past would have you know been st they'd be stuck around uh, the bottom of the league and nothing would happen because there was no relegation and finals football would, would play out and whatnot and they'd still end up uh, in, the, in the same competition the following year so I'm really excited uh, to see uh, how this progresses and if anything I see it as uh, it'll bring even more passion to the game than there already is uh, because especially with the MPL 2 teams a lot of those teams you know some of those teams have played top division Canberra football before obviously it was a while ago uh, but a lot of them have and a lot of them it's a fantastic idea they think it's long overdue I guess you were talking about the coasting you see it's a big issue with the A-League isn't it especially when you know the teams who haven't performed well, like a Mariners one season or Jets one season or whoever it may be, or Wellington Phoenix, whoever it is, they just, you know, it, they have nothing to play for and they just sort of languish near the bottom when they're not doing too well. So I think it's fantastic for Canberra football and more importantly, it's great for the, the clubs and the fans, especially the ones, especially for the MPL2 sides who get this opportunity coming up. And obviously there will be a lot more time to discuss MPL2 when we do a specific MPL2 podcast. However, to end the show, we have a snippet of Canberra A-League news. Russ is, of course, one of the board, uh, one of the uh, the members of the big committee. Russ, what do you have for us today? Well, I spoke to Michael Caggiano briefly before he came on air, and he's given me a couple of words to say, saying that starting with the wood in the street was that Michael and Bede were with Scott Barlow, the Sydney FC chairman, on Friday for the derby up there. Um, I've heard that the, the bid still, team is still very active, and they're getting everything closer to having a team. Um, they had a presentation up there as well for after the game. Scott Barlow was up having a chat. Um, as he does as the Sydney FC chairman. And he singled out Michael Embiid and the bid team um, at the Sydney FC business lunch in front of all of the other owners of the clubs that were present there. And there's also talk about future expansion and the fact that, that we were there 
um, Michael was there with B, with all the other owners, is a really good sign that there's positive things happening in that area. And I'm sure later down the track, you guys will be able to sit down with Michael and have a really long conversation about this. And there's only good things um, in the air at the moment, and we're very positive. Yeah, most definitely gives us that extra bit of uh, hope again of getting an A-League team uh, here in the nation's capital. It's definitely been a thing that uh, the Canberra football fans have greatly desired. And like Russ said, we'll be uh, throughout the season, we'll be hoping to catch up with Michael, you know, a few times, once every couple of months. And uh, thank you very much, Russ. Glad to have you on. Any last words? Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm looking forward to the season starts. Don't forget, 21st of March, Charity Shield, Women's Charity Shield for the first time this season, Belconnen against World of Western, 5 o'clock kickoff at McKellar, followed by Men's at 7.30, Canberra Olympic and Tigers FC. Both those matches live on Bar TV Sports. You can see, of course, all your MPL and WMPL action on Bar TV Sports, the home of grassroots football in Australia. We like to see it. Live and free on Bar TV is the old catchphrase. Um, hopefully you guys will be behind the mic as well this season. We're obviously still looking for the other commentators out there. We've got eight matches to cover each weekend in men's and women's Premier League. We've got MPL2 that we can cover this year as well. So if there's anybody out there that's listening and wants to get their uh, voice behind the mic and commentate on football in Canberra and get out there and spread the word, we'd love to hear from you. And thanks very much for you guys for having us. I think this is a great concept and looking forward to uh, chipping in as much as you'll have me during the season. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ross. Thanks uh, for coming on, Michael. Uh, no Thanks, Matt. I cannot wait to see how this season goes. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to the first ever edition of the Canberra Football Show. Stay tuned. There's a lot more to come. Thank you.